The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. Happy Thursday to you folks and welcome to the Multimedia Cafe. I'm your host Jason Spies and I'd like to thank you folks for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe. We've embraced all forms of modern communication technology and we bring it to you in cafe format. That's right, a place where we gather information and exchange ideas. So we'd like to thank you for choosing us for some of your content. We know it's a busy, busy world out there. In fact, the other day when I was filling up my car at the gas station, there was Steve Harvey giving me news. So Steve Harvey at the gas station is a place where you can get your news and information or right here in the Multimedia Cafe. Let me tell you why that we are so different than any other program out there. Yes, it is true that the Multimedia Cafe is a podcast, but it is so good and so informative and so entertaining that radio stations carry it as well. Now, let me tell you why. The one thing that we do here is we like to talk to experts. We like to talk to people that know what they're talking about, not representing a point of view, not representing a special interest point of view, not representing a political point of view, but people who have experience, people who have knowledge, People who have lived life in order to tell the stories that they're talking about, whether it be news and information or whether it be a life lesson on how to learn. That's the type of stuff that happens in cafes. It's an exchange of information. And I'd like to thank you folks for joining us today. This is going to be a wild ride here, our daily show, The Multimedia Cafe. It's got a little mix of everything, and I think you're going to enjoy it very, very much. In fact, our test audiences, that's right, that's how big time we are here at The Multimedia Cafe. We've got test focus audiences. Well, my son and a few of his friends and a few people on LinkedIn that I reached out to, that's my test audience. Big budget here. Anyway, they really like the fact that they walk away and they learn something. They not only were entertained, not only did they have fun, not only was it not a waste of their time, but they always said that they learned something. And that's the one thing that the media was intended to do from the beginning. So that's what we're gonna do here at the Multimedia Cafe. We're gonna have a little fun. We're gonna learn a little bit. And you know what? We're gonna even push a few buttons now and then. All right, let's take a look at today's menu. You like that menu, Multimedia Cafe? We get kind of ridiculous with our puns like that from time to time, some of our marketing, and it might change. You know what? Sometimes we just don't do that. All right, let's see who we have on today's program. Dale Brown. Remember Dale Brown, the NCAA coach of Louisiana State University, LSU Tigers, Final Four appearances. He is one of the greatest coaches in NCAA tar- in terms of wins, in terms of respect, you name it. We talked to Dale Brown about persistence and perseverance about being an athlete as well as what it's like in life. He has a great story about John Wooden 
as well as uh, whether John Wooden would be allowed to coach in today's environment because it's so cutthroat and it's so instantaneous win, that sort of thing. So we have a great conversation in just a little bit here with Dale Brown. He's going around the country. He speaks. He's a motivational type guy, mostly known for his NCAA coaching legend status at Louisiana State University. All right, then we talk with Mark J. Lindquist and Jared By. Speaking of motivation, Mark J. Lindquist is a motivational speaker, but also he sings the national anthem at many NFL, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, uh, all kinds of major events. He travels a country speaking and singing, and we sit down with uh, Mark J. Lindquist and Jared By, Jared By, his business manager, to talk about how that all works and uh, that sort of thing. So a uh, very good interview a little bit later on in the program, Mark J. Lindquist and Jared By, And then our Crude Life Daily Update because that's the one thing about the energy industry and the construction industry and the farming industry. A lot of those crude, raw, dirty type businesses, well, they operate so much of our daily lives. And you know what? They're always hanging out at cafes. They're always at cafes. So we have a daily crude life update. Today it's with Dr. Lauren Scott, energy expert and economist. All that plus much more on today's Multimedia Cafe. Thank you, folks, for joining us here. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Multimedia Cafe, and we'll be back in just a moment with Dale Brown, former coach at Louisiana State University and coaching legend in the NCAA. Dale Brown in just a moment. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Multimedia Cafe. Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable Hatch coaching is. Don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Christy Huber, president of the United Way of Cass Clay, says about Hatch coaching. One of the best things I can share is I've had an opportunity to sit down with a community leader and Eric. And we were talking and this community leader said, you know, United Way, what's your connection there? And Eric said, you know, as a child, my family would have been a family that would have benefited from United Way programming. And you don't necessarily get to see that down the road because you see someone who's been very successful in business and you see somebody who has um, helped a lot of other people along the way. But sometimes we don't stop to ask, you know, what's, what's the why? What's your why behind that? To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com. Or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies and I'm your host today. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool, joining our conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe. Our next interview, we're going to sit down with Dale Brown. He's a former college basketball coach, spent 25 years coaching the Louisiana State Tigers. His team earned Final Four appearances in 1981 and 86, and he's also remembered as one of the most vocal critics of the NCAA because it said it legislated against human dignity. 
Dale Brown has never been outspoken to speak his mind, and we're very fortunate to sit down with him as he joins us here at the Multimedia Cafe, where we talk a little bit about sports and life. This is Dale Brown. Randy Livingston, you've mentioned, uh, would be perseverance in the dictionary, having blown out his knees. How, how was it to coach somebody like him who could have gave up so easy? It was a lot of fun because he was a coach on the floor. He knew the game very well. You see, there, there are stars and there are superstars. Stars have great statistics. They're all this, they're all that. Superstars make other people better. He had a knack of making other people better. So his coaching, it was limited. You didn't have to do much with him. He knew the game. He could decipher things on the court. He almost had a third eye. He could see things that other people couldn't see. He could throw the ball. He would know if a guy was better catching the ball off his left leg or his right leg and would hold up until he got his right leg in position. So wasn't much coaching done with that guy. He, he was a coach himself on the floor. Have you ever heard the mm -hmm. phrase, the decision of indecision or the analysis of paralysis? It's when you I have, have, yes. How does somebody overcome that? Because there's, <clears throat> that, that is an issue for some people in the Bakken as well as some people in mm -hmm. transition that they've got so much to do, it just makes them paralyzed. How does somebody overcome that fear? In simplicity, my mentor of 40 years was John Wooden. He, he was able, in one sentence, to say what takes me a book bigger than War and Peace by Tolstoy, you know. He, he was able to define things so well. And he, he summed it up fairly simple. He said, we should always practice simplicity with constant repetition. Don't overthink. Don't complicate things. He said, don't burden yourself with things. In fact, I asked him one time, I said, Coach, you don't have a cell. You don't have a fax. You don't have a, in, you're not on the internet. Why? Dale, I live a very simple life. He said, I want to practice simplicity with constant repetition. One of the first things he told me about speaking, when I knew I was going to be a public speaker, I said, what makes a good speech, coach? Very simple. He said, number one, don't try to show off for people. Always keep things simple. Number two, be sincere when you speak. And number three, be seated. In other words, don't prolong your speech. So I think we can overcomplicate things. The opportunities that these people have here now, what I said tonight, what role are you going to take? Manipulation, lie, cheating, greed, dishonesty, thinking it's a shortcut, or are you going to take it, hey, the best potential of me is we. I want to have faith. I want to lift others. I want to help them. 21 notable civilizations and 19 of them that made major impacts crumbled from within. So the structure that we're having now there's going to be a lot of competition, but the people that come in and really can remain solid and ethical, this is a, this is a gold mine right here, no question. Coach Brown, thank you very much. My pleasure. I'm impressed. Thank you. Appreciate hey, that. What's your boss's name? Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies.
Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. I'd like to thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation. By the way, I'm your host. I'd like to mention that. My name is Jason Spies. I'm your host. I forgot that, so we should probably rewind and restart it, but we can't because look at this. We're recording as we go here, and so if we mess up, we got to keep going. You know, Vince McMahon, the CEO, chairman, founder of WWE World Wrestling Entertainment, he always says, if it's live, it ain't wrong. And so sometimes, you know what, in the media, you got to go with it. There's another thing that pro wrestling seems to be influencing. It influences my live radio podcasting ability when I'm recording, etc. that if I screw up, you just keep going. You, you know what, there's no messing up. Everything's good. It's all good. You know what? I mean, pro wrestling has influenced our secretary of a small business, small business administration, Linda McMahon. She wrestling's influenced the president, Donald Trump. He's in the World Wrestling Entertainment's Hall of Fame. And boy, Kane, uh, Glenn Jacobs, he just won the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee, or the county, whatever they have down there in Tennessee. Anyway, I digress. Originally, we wanted to talk about Mark J. Lindquist, Jared Bai. Those are our next guests. But these guys have the same issue that if something goes wrong and it's live, you got to keep running with it. So see how I connected the dots there? Mark J. Lindquist is a professional motivational speaker. He's an author and he's a national anthem singer. What I mean by that is he travels all over to NFL games, National Basketball Association games, Major League Baseball games, hockey games, you name it, college bowl games. The guy is a pro, and he's got a great voice. And so he goes all over the country singing the national anthems. He also motivates people about passion, finding their own passion. So we sit down with Mark J. Lindquist and Jared Bai. Jared Bai is his business manager. And so motivational speaker, Mark J. Lindquist, and his business manager, Jared Bai, right here on the Multimedia Cafe. Breath is Limited Motivational Speaking and Entertainment is our company, and uh, we travel all over the country and, and inspire people. We advance ideas. We ignite passion. Um, we give keynote speeches, and that's kind of our, our wheelhouse. You know, our specialty is the opening or closing, non-industry-specific keynote at a conference or, a, you know, a big a national deal. Um, so, Jared and I work uh, together out of Fargo, North Dakota, and travel all over the country, written a couple books, and our goal is to go out there and inspire people. And now, Mark Lindquist, you are the main speaker, is Correct. that right? Correct. Okay, and Jared would be the behind-the-scenes guy, or he's kind yeah. of the guy holding all the, the strings, you know, the puppet master, the guy the, with the, with the brains, you know. <laughs> I'll I'll fancy myself as the looks, and since this is on radio, you can't tell. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely the brains. <laughs> but, but you both sound good-looking. Um, <laughs> no, Jared's the business manager, and and he negotiates the contracts and and uh, deals with all of the analytical stuff you know was this a, a business partnership out of the gate or was this like where uh, mark did you come to jared or jared did you come to mark or how, how genesis let's start with that yeah you know actually we've known each other for 10 12 years you know so it kind of grows out of a friendship and an entrepreneurial spirit and um you know when i got out of the military uh just like a lot of veterans you're, you're looking for a gig you're trying to figure out well now uncle sam's not telling me what to do uh what to wear where to be how to act 
Um, what can we What can we do together? You know, because we always we're kind of we kind of fancy ourselves as like Hewlett and Packard, if you know that story. You know, they they didn't start out making printers and computers. They started out doing whatever whatever came to their mind in their garage. You know, so it didn't matter what they were doing. It was more that the business partnership was the right thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, we run a, a few different companies. Um, and you know the motivational speaking for me is uh, is the main way that I um, you know, impact the world. Yeah. Um, how many? When, when when was your first gig? When was your first motivational speaking gig? I guess we've been doing it professionally for about two years or so. Okay. Um, but you know. It's kind of funny. When you're uh, young and in high school, I would give speeches at a youth conference. Sure. I would, when the pastor was gone at our local church in Ortonville, Minnesota, I would fill in for him, you know. And I was given the speeches and, and uh, been interested in that. The occasional best man speech, you know. Uh, but then, like I said, after the military, uh, we started doing it professionally. Started speaking all over the region. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the word of mouth spreads. And we did 82 keynotes last year. Um, we'll, we'll book for over 75 this year already. We'll probably do about a buck 25 or so. Uh, you know, and for a speaker, that's moving. That is moving. Uh, a lot of guys try to do about 50 a year. Um, I was going to say, most people try to do one a week. Right, right. I mean, that, that's kind of a speaker's goal, right? One a week? Right, I mean, right. In and, a perfect world, I mm-hmm. guess, as far as if you're putting your business plan together. Sure, sure. You know, and if it could be that, uh, if you could control it like that, then wouldn't that be great? But hey, this- when they call, you, you go. And, you know, I'm a single guy, um, love traveling, love being on the road, um, no family of my own yet, so it's perfect. Mm-hmm. I can just, uh, Jared can put me on the road and use and abuse me. <laughs> and uh, what, what is it you speak on? You speak on motivation, but just kind of uh, some, some bullet points from there. Sure. Uh, there's really three topics. It's passion, leadership, and service. Um, passion being, uh, you know, with the book that we wrote, it's called Passion, Eight Steps to Find Yours. Uh, like I had said, that that, that book now is, um, the sales of that book outpaced the, the sales of 95% of books in America. And so the word is spreading, you know. So I'll go in and give that talk to, you know, a billion-dollar company. You know, we just spoke for U.S. Foods. We speak for Sanford. We speak for Essentia, all the big ones here in the Midwest. Uh, Bobcat, uh, another one of them. And will reignite the passion inside of somebody's workforce, you know. So if I'm speaking at a sales meeting or a manager's meeting, you know, um, I'm kind of, you know, fancy myself as the perfect, um, you know, get them all fired up at the beginning of the conference or send them out the door on fire, you know. I call them pep rallies. Cor- yeah. Corporate pep rallies is right. what I call them, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. you know, and, and, and just give the, the, your people that jolt that you need to be able to carry on, you know, a third quarter goals or whatever it is. Um, so that's kind of our wheelhouse. Um, but at the same time, about a third of what we do is in front of youth, you know, and, and student conferences and school assemblies because, you know, it takes a certain personality or energy to be able to get those young folks to open up and listen to, you know. So, And over the years, I've had some good fortune in the entertainment business, so, so especially the youth kind of latch on to my, uh, my story. I've uh, been seen on Lost in Hawaii Five-0 and in the Universal Studios movie Battleship, uh, performed in 22 countries and 44 states. Um, for about a million people all over the globe. So, you know, bringing that as an entertainer first, I think that we're unique when it comes to um, speakers out there on the circuit because we were first, I was first an entertainer. I first knew how Mm -hmm. to entertain a crowd and connect with an audience, and now we have great messages to bring behind that. Um, And I think that is unique because a lot of times when when it comes to the speakers, uh, you know, like we were just talking about our friend, um, you know, he achieves great things in, in another realm, and then figures out a way to get into the motivational speaking circuit. So the, the craft or art of connecting with an audience is probably something they have to learn. 
Well, that's the one thing you know I, what was, I was noticing is that you started out being a, a speaker entertainer, whereas a lot of people, they already have that gift, and then they go into, say, real estate or uh, um, construction or media, whatever it might be. But then they later in life, they become that speaker. They become that Tony Robbins, if you will. You know what I mean? Right. That, right. that person with the life experience. But um, you you have a little bit more life experience for somebody your age or you're uh, of a different ethnicity, living in the Midwest. Yeah, yeah. Is has yeah. that played into your, you know, and, speaking and, circuit? And 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 maybe, um, you know, I, I'm, I was born in Seoul, South Korea, and then adopted and brought here. And you know, I tell that story all over the country. You know, just because I, I do, I feel fortunate to to be living here in the land of opportunity. And certainly, we, we, we had one African American in my high school. Yeah, right. In, in right. North Dakota, just so <laughs> just so you know, and so in Hortonville, Minnesota, I was the minority population. You and know? he was on the homecoming court on guilt. <laughs> <laughs> he was in school for right. two weeks, and he was on the homecoming court. <laughs> I then, love it. So I can identify with that. Guy. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been in his shoes. Um, you, you know, so, so you know, that that is unique. Um, you know, to be a motivational speaker based out of Fargo, North Dakota, but also to be an Asian American, to, to, uh, to be adopted, uh, to have had some luck and success in the Hollywood realm and then in the entertainment realm. Uh, yeah, you know, I think around here, and especially in the, you know, the northern tier maybe, mm-hmm. um, you know, because when you think about entertainment, when you think about performers, I brought in the guy from New York City or L.A., and that's the big deal, you know. Um, I think sometimes you, you, you can stand out um, with what we're doing where we're doing it. It's hard to notice it when you're doing it. You know what I mean, right? You're, you know, you, we're just we're just two guys right. uh, trying to do our best in the world. Yeah. People look at you. Do you know how many odds you've overcome? Well, no. I just wake up and go. Right. Absolutely. You know? and, and I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs and capitalists do. They don't understand their obstacles. Right. You know, they just kind of keep going. And is that what you kind of speak on? You know, I, I think that. Um, wait, rephrase, rephrase the question. Yeah, I just just um, I guess overcoming obstacles. Your life has oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. been Thank filled you. with it, so to me it seems like that would, that's what you'd speak on. Absolutely, because it hasn't been an easy road for me. No. Take, take for exa- this for example. I'm 33 years old, and in the last 15 years, I've had 15 jobs, right? And, and, and a lot of people would take a look at that life and say, man, that is the recipe or the beginnings for a failed life. My uncle would say, you're a loser. <laughs> right, <laughs> you can't right, hold right. down a job. <laughs> My uncle said the same thing. <laughs> I tell you what, Mark J. Lindquist, Jared Byam, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. We're going to continue the conversation with Mark J. Lindquist and Jared By about all things motivational speaking, singing, National anthems, football games, you name it, man. We got it right here at the Multimedia Cafe. And more to come. I promise you that. More to come with Mark J. Lindquist and Jared By and myself, Jason Spies, the host of the Multimedia Cafe. It seems everywhere I go these days, someone is telling me about the success of Hatch Coaching. Listen to what professional speaker Mark J. Lindquist has to say. He is a person in this market and now in markets across the country with Hatch Coaching that is revolutionizing the way people approach the business. He's reinventing the way people look at the people model. That's why he brings in hundreds of people from all over the country who are trying to figure out how to do what he's doing in their market. For more information, call 701-212-1572 or visit coachingwithhatch.com. That's coachingwithhatch.com.
Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation. Now, let's jump right back into our table here, our face-to-face conversation we're having with Mark J. Lindquist and Jared By, professional speaker, professional singer, Mark J. Lindquist, and his business manager, Jared By. I tell you what, though, you know, uh, for me, I knew that I wasn't going to settle for anything less than absolute passion in my life. You know, I was going to love what I do. I saw people when I was growing up that didn't love what they did. And, and through all of that, I said, you know what, my life is going to stand for something different, right? And even if I have to go uh, travel, you know, in every state in the country and all over the world and try to figure this out for what is making, what makes me tick, I'm going to do it, and I'm, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to pick up and start fresh and, and, and start in a new industry that I don't know anything about. Because I just simply saw it as, if I'm going to find the thing I love, if I try a bunch of new things, I'm improving my odds, right? If I try 100 things and you try one, who's got better odds of finding the thing that they love, right? So, I mean, there were a lot of obstacles in that realm. It was while my, um, while my peers were advancing in their careers and, you know, they married with kids and climbing the corporate ladder, I was starting out at a new gig at the mm-hmm. bottom. But it was the process of me trying to figure out what was going to work for me, you know. And and I think when I speak to big corporations or organizations that are dealing with, all right, how do we get our people to the next level? I really think it's what's resonating with with corporate America is that you have to allow your people these opportunities within your corporate culture to, to maybe grow from the position that they're in. If you hired the right person, that, that you want as a part of your company, maybe the job they're doing for you is not necessarily the best job they could be doing for you. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, creating this culture where there's opportunities for people to try, much like I tried, and, and you know, I do hope that they stick with your company and, and continue on with, with longevity. But I think that sometimes we, after HR signs them, and now they're an employee for your company, uh, we forget that maybe um, there needs to be a little bit more attention to their development as a person. Sure. I, I think there, there needs to be culture training in organizations. Um, the skills are one thing, and, and a lot of the skills are so technical now that you don't need the internal training for, for that particular organization. I think you're going to start to see more culture training, meaning, okay, this is the way it works within this organization, this is the way it works within here, because everybody has their little idiosyncrasies, so to speak. Sure. Are you seeing that amongst yours, that there's some culture clashes, I guess, when new employees come in? Especially in the millennial generation. You know, yes. uh, we're working with uh, <laughs> some pretty heavy hitters up in here in the Midwest trying to develop a millennial program that's kind of homegrown based out of Fargo, uh, you know, in, in conjunction with the EDC and Jim Garden over there, the president. And, and we're excited about being able to, to really communicate that message of what, what the millennial needs and what they are assuming about what the workforce is and what it used to be 30, 40, 50 years ago, right, which is vastly different. Um, you know, so I, I definitely do see some culture classes, generationally specifically. You know, in the entrepreneur world, the culture clash that I'm seeing, and actually I'm getting quite a story done on this, is the, I call it the Facebook Procter & Gamble entrepreneur. So the old Procter & Gamble, Johnson & Johnson, sure. was the... You didn't really have a profit for five years. Sure. But then your company was just, it ain't going anywhere for a long time. It's that its that right. old school sure. entrepreneur versus the new school, which is the Facebook, which is 
I don't even have a product yet, and I'm already a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we sold the sizzle. We got the IPO. And so just right. what, what, what do you guys make about that? The old school versus – because the new school is the way it is right now. Right. I've read where that money is drying up. I haven't seen it, but I've read that. Right. Now, that means the old school guys – we're going to have to fund the new school guys again. <laughs> you know, and my take on it is, is uh, I think you're right on, that, 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 that it's, let's take the young generation. Yes. I think that they have seen that Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Jeff Bezos success, right? This, this uh, like you said, no product, but I'm a billionaire. I'm on the Forbes, you know, 400. It's, it's kind of the authentic way to get rich quick. Right, right. Almost, you know? I mean, it's, 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 it's like It's become a, legit, right? Right, a legit way to do yeah. it. Sorry, yeah. So I, I think that the young people especially are sold that. They see it on YouTube. They see it on MTV. They see that culture, right? However, let's say I'm sitting across the, the table from a young artist, actor, musician, somebody that wants to get into entertainment. And now they're thinking that the way to succeed in the music business is get on The Voice or American Idol or, or America's Got Talent, which is fine. Hey, I just tried out for The Voice in Chicago three weeks ago. I'll throw my hat in that ring too. However... I think this this viewpoint of success and how to succeed has become a little skewed, and I'm a little scared about it. Because when those 20,000 people on Navy Pier showed up in Chicago to audition for The Voice three weeks ago, I was one of them, every one of those 20,000 people, or many of them, legitimately thought, if I don't make it on The Voice, well, then I'm sunk. This is my shot. I'm no good. Are you kidding me? Right, that's what they're thinking though. Right. I, I, I'm not a good musician because Christina Aguilera's lackeys didn't accept me. Right, yeah. and because of On that, that, day. that skewed picture of what it takes to succeed in any endeavor, especially the entertainment business, I think people are they're shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. Because Harrison Ford said, "I wasn't the most talented actor. I wasn't the most uh, uh, the best the best person in Hollywood when it came to the role that I was being given. However, I was just the person who stayed. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that there's something to be said about that. You know, then maybe we're giving a little bit of credit to the old Johnson and Johnson Procter and Gamble model that hey, really success in most of it is just showing up and not giving up. Mm-hmm. Right." And, and so once you found that, if you want to be an actor, if you want to be an entertainer, if you want to be successful in any endeavor, um, I don't think that you should hang your hat on this idea that you're going to get rich quick and, and, and be famous overnight. I think I'm 33 years old, and just last year, some of the largest c- crowds in the country started to ask me to sing for them, right? I had been singing for small crowds of 18, 14, 27 blue-haired ladies at the back of a church, right, for 15 years plus. Before I first got my 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 break in front of a fifty thousand person crowd, mm-hmm. right? And you know, I was thirty years old before I was on Lost in Hawaii Five O and, and Battleship, and 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 was accredited actor. Spent my time at the back of the line for a long time. And were you an extra? Did you have a role? Did you have a speaking role? Right. So. You know, just like we all start out. You start out as an extra. You start out at the bottom. I've been in a movie as an extra. Yeah. I need one more so I can get the SAG card. Yeah. So I can get the health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know your road, brother. I know your plight. <laughs> you know, and, and so that's what that's what a lot of people do is they, spend, oh, I mean, they, try, to, they try to collect the vouchers over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate after spending my time at the back of that line through Lost, through Hawaii Five-0, and, and, you know, getting some, some decent speaking uh, roles there uh, every once in a while, you know, most of my scenes would hit the cutting room floor, 
Sure. You know, so so you know, I tell my friends to watch, but yeah, I was out there for eight days filming and. But but you're a part of it. You got right. to experience it. And um, fr- from your side of it, being an extra, being a minor cast role, it's not about being the star. It's about get going through the logistics, the yeah. process, understanding the, the business more than anything. Right. At least that's how I would see it from your perspective. Absolutely, making contacts in in that realm. You know, right. even, even just the experience of being on a Hollywood set huh. that is just incredible. And, incredible. You know, and then as as the career progressed, you know, had the good fortune to 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 land a role. Um, in Battleship, and you know, once again, one of those principles. It's like who you know, yep. and and because I knew the casting director that that, that was the same person at Hawaii Five O and in Lost, you know, then they gave me a role on Battleship. Got to have a speaking line, credited actor, acted with Liam Neeson and Rihanna and Brooklyn Decker and Alexander Skarsgård, and and for me, what 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 value for me to learn from those masters of the art? I wasn't a featured actor. I wasn't the the principal. But I could glean from them because we're in the same frame. It was just incredible. Well, I know when I, when I went to your website, um, and your website is? BreathIsLimited.com. B-R-E-A-T-H is limited.com. And when I went there, um, I, my eyes went right away to all the Hollywood stuff. Yeah, I went. Oh, he's on Lost, Wi-Fi. Yeah. Didn't care about any of the real stuff. <laughs> I was just focused on that like sex appeal. But that's you know? how we're trained. That's right? how we're trained. That's my point. And so what that becomes to you is some great marketing. So like what I did was uh, I was a publisher for a number of years, and I had a radio show that I didn't get paid for for twelve years. Sure. Sure. But I knew every day that my voice was over the airways. That's I should be paying them. Right. 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 You know what right. I mean? right. That's how we feel, you know. And, and, and I think that's the interesting thing is that as we've worked with clients across the country, uh, when you can put that on the front of your event program, Mark J. Lindquist from Lost Hawaii Five O, right. a world touring entertainer, you know that sizzle. I think people get excited about that because we've all been to these uh, conferences where there was a keynote speaker that was just kind of like <laughs> a snooze fest. Let's be honest. Now, if you want to check out our full length interview with Mark J. Lindquist and Jared By. Go to our Facebook page and check out the links on our Facebook page. This is the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. And coming up, we have our Crude Life Daily Update with Dr. Lauren C. Scott, energy expert and economist. You're not going to want to miss it. Coming up in just a moment, the Crude Life Daily Update with Dr. Lauren Scott. My name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. Even when the flood starts rising. Even when the storm comes, I am washed by the water. Even when the earth crumbles under my feet. Even when the ones I love turn around and crucify me. Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable Hatch Coaching is. Well, don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Greg Tavine of Emerging Prairies has to say about Hatch Coaching. I got to watch him give a talk at TEDx Brookings, and I saw him come into his own where he shared uncomfortable things from his past in a way that created a teaching environment. And Eric's somebody that could easily lead with all he's accomplished, and it's a long list. To find out more information about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch come to your company or event, visit coachingwithhatch.com. That's coachingwithhatch.com. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. I'm your host. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation right here on the Multimedia Cafe. 
Coming up next, it's our crude life update, our daily update from the energy, ag, construction, trucking, you name it, man. The crude life, the the real dirty, honest, raw materials, if you will, industry that, you know what, seems to really power our economy, power our lives, and also, it just seems like every time you go to a cafe, there's somebody there from the trucking industry, from the construction industry, from the energy industry, from the ag industry, you name it. You know, the crude life goes well beyond oil and gas. It really does because the oil and gas industry goes well beyond oil and gas. In fact, in the crude life, we always say that the energy industry is everybody from the uh, CEOs and presidents of the oil companies all the way down to the cashiers at the cafe. Not to mention, if you look at the last decade, the only industry that has added jobs is the energy industry. Well, the mining industry, which the energy industry is under, and it's all due to the oil and gas movement that's happened. So the energy industry is adding jobs. It's the only one, you know, you got all this technology hype. You got all this millennial entrepreneur hype. You got all this new innovation hype. And what happens? None of them are adding jobs. They kind of go up and down. They peak and valley, they ebb and flow. The only industry in the last 10 years to add jobs, have a net game of jobs, is the energy industry. So with that said, let's go and see what Dr. Lauren C. Scott has to say about the recent activity happening down in uh, Louisiana and the Permian shale play, that sort of thing. And it all has to do with pipelines. So let's uh, talk to Dr. Lauren C. Scott. The key right now on the natural gas side is getting rid of the transportation bottleneck. There's just, there's just no way uh, to get the stuff, especially out of the Permian It's also a problem for you folks up in North Dakota about getting your stuff to the market in a timely way. And what is what is happening is this driven down the price of natural gas so much to where it's, like I say, it's being cleared off in some cases. And so the, the, the key there is to is to get the pipeline infrastructure in place. And I think they're doing that. I think you're going to see that. I think you'll see that problem go away. And this is not any of this issue. I mean, when you guys first started producing natural uh, oil up in, up in the Bakken play, the problem was you were bringing it down to Cushing, and it started stacking up in Cushing, Oklahoma, because there's no way to get it from Cushing down to refineries on the Gulf Coast. Again, there was a pipeline problem, and it took about a year and a half for them to reverse some pipelines, to build some new pipelines, to get rid of the bottleneck. And so I, I just think the, it's, it's, the market's just lagging a little bit. In this case, it's the pipeline market that is uh, lagging a little bit behind. And I think they're going to take care of that problem the next year, year and a half. Well, I, I think you're right on that. In fact, that was my next question was some of these uh, uh, bottlenecks, if you will. It just seems like there's a, there's a lot heading to Corpus Christi. And there's going to be quite a bit heading to Cushing, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. uh, who knows what's going to happen with the Keystone now that the some of the judges are trying to block it in different courts, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Include now the export, because we're exporting it. What's that going to mean in 2019, or two, let's call it 2020, when they're done building these pipelines? What's the world going to look like in the world of energy? Because we're going to have quite a bit of uh, transportation for natural gas and, uh, and and crude oil as well. Yeah, well, I think, I think 2019 is going to be a whole lot better for the people who are actually drilling for oil and gas. Because right now, uh, in, in certain areas of the country, uh, you're, especially the Permian Basin in West Texas, but also for you folks up in the Bakken area, 
your your product is being sold at a discount to the world price and to the actually the U.S. price because of these bottlenecks. And I think once the pipelines are removed, you're going to see those discounts uh, go away. You're going to start seeing your price move up to more par with the world price. And I think that's going to be good. And I think, you know, uh, there's going to be plenty of demand because you have uh, not only some more trains being added to LNG export facilities down here. A train is uh, a word that is used to describe the series of machines that natural gas goes through for, to, to take it from a gas to a liquid form where it can then be put on an LNG export uh, ship and take, taken to Europe or Asia or someplace like that where it can be regasified and put in the system. But, but you, you, have, you have not only a number of LNG projects that will be coming on board over the next three, two to three years, but you also have down in Mexico, they are taking a place where they were mainly generating their electricity with coal and fuel oil. They are now building new pipelines all over the place to bring natural gas down there, start generating their electricity with natural gas. So that also is creating a whole new market for natural gas that we have not had before. And then, of course, uh, the, the movement uh, away from generating electricity with coal towards the cheaper natural gas still continues in the United States in a very big way. And so that's a, that's a third area that's generating a significant demand for natural gas. So I think once we get past this bottleneck issue with the pipelines, I think the market for natural gas looks pretty good going forward. Yeah, you just named a few good indicators that the, the, the market's ready. We just got to get the transportation in place or the distribution. That's just kind of the age-old business 101. You know, if the market's there, you still got to get the product to the people. So, right, um, and the good, news, the good news is a lot of this natural gas, well, the problems are uh, – uh, is in is in West Texas. I mean, it's, it's also where you are, but it's also in West Texas. And in West Texas, I mean, in Texas in general, there's not a fear of pipelines that exist in some of the areas of the country. I mean, we have enough miles of pipelines, for example, in Louisiana to circle the globe for about four times. So we, we've been around pipelines our whole lives. We're not afraid of them, and we're not concerned about them. And that, the same thing is true in Texas. There's not a, there's not a fear of pipelines. Now, it's a little bit more of an issue when we get up in the Bakken play and trying to move uh, stuff from your area down where it's needed down here in the southern part of the United States because you're going across areas where people are not used to pipelines and are fearful of them and I think unjustifiably fearful of them. So that, that may slow down things a bit on your area, but I don't think it's going to slow down things in Texas in the Permian Basin. Lauren Scott, Lauren Scott and Associates. Um... 2018, I'm kind of asking some people, uh, you know, kind of taking a look at that year. Um, did you see any themes stick out? If you were to call 2018 the year of XYZ, uh, anything that kind of stands out in terms of uh, repetition or maybe something hugely symbolic that happened? Is just, um, you know, one of those year-end type of uh, interviews. What would you name 2018 as? Well, I think it's been uh, the the year of the roller coaster ride on huh. prices. I mean, that's the thing that, that this industry always has to struggle with. Again, I've been watching this industry for four decades now, and it, it, it's you just never know what's coming next. And so we started out with a period when we were the oil prices were growing and steadily going up and steadily going up, and then we hit this last 
month or so where the prices have not only dropped, but they've dropped a lot. You know, you're talking about going from the 70s, the lower 70s, down to uh, now under 50. And that's, that's quite a drop. Uh, and so I think I think the industry having to deal with this roller coaster of prices has really been has really been the thing that's been difficult and has really marked the year. Now it's also been a year in which, which has been marked by a whole lot more oil being exported uh, than ever before in our country's history, and uh, that's that's been interesting to watch. It's been interesting to watch how the market has started to figure out ways to get some of this crude oil uh, into the international market. Thank you very much, Dr. Lauren C. Scott, for giving us that update on the Crude Life Daily Update right here on the Multimedia Cafe. And that's going to do it for today's episode, folks. I'd like to thank you for joining us. As I mentioned earlier, you can get your content in so many different ways. And after this program right here, after this radio show and podcast, you're going to be able to find it on our social media pages, whether it be Facebook or LinkedIn or possibly Twitter. You can find this podcast and radio program all over the internet, YouTube as well, as soon as we're done. And we've got just a few minutes left here on the Multimedia Cafe. And once again, I'd like to thank you, folks. I mentioned this earlier in the program, and it's quite true. You can get your content from so many different places that just the other day I was getting my gas, and Steve Harvey on a television screen, a very small television screen next to the gas pumps was giving me information. So I'm getting my news now from Steve Harvey in between pump and gas. Uh, I was in New York City a few years ago and I got the uh, scores on a taxi. So I'm walking out of a restaurant and all of a sudden, boom, there's the sports score on a taxi. So there's a million different places where you can get your content. Thank you very much for choosing this radio station to listen to the Multimedia Cafe. We'll be back tomorrow. And if you're accessing us online, appreciate you downloading the podcast and listening as well. I'd like to thank NCAA coaching legend Dale Brown for joining the program. Motivational professional speaker Mark J. Lindquist and his business manager Jared Bai. And, of course, Dr. Lauren C. Scott with our daily crude life update. That's going to do it for today's program. We'll see you tomorrow, same time, same channel. Thank you, folks, for choosing the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. We'll see you tomorrow.